All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Garrett Anderson coming at you live on Friday, August 11th. I am back. Um, took a little break from podcasting for a few weeks there while we had a summer vacation and uh, wrapped up the summer and got the girls back to school. But uh, kind of getting back in the routine now. And, and as promised, uh, we're back with the Live At You podcast. Uh, rest assured, the music never stopped. Um, to borrow a little Grateful Dead reference there. Yeah. Uh, for all my Deadhead fans out there. Um, um, but uh, yeah, so the music never stopped. But uh, if there was anything that had to give, it was the podcast. I just could not find time to sit down and do this for, you know, it takes me about, you know, between half an hour to an hour to record it and then another hour or more to uh, kind of do the post-production stuff and drop in the clips and but uh, I do enjoy it so much, and it does kind of help keep me organized. So, uh, so I'm glad to be back at it, and uh, welcome. If, uh, if you're new to the podcast, this is uh, sort of a, a running docu- you know, documentary, audio documentary of my music journey. And uh, I splash in a little bit of personal life stuff in there, too, to just to give a little behind-the-scenes stuff. I, I, I always enjoy seeing that when I'm checking out uh, documentaries on, on my favorite bands and, and old rock stars and stuff. And um, it's, it's always kind of interesting to peel the layers back and learn a little bit about the folks. So that's kind of what I'm trying to offer here in this uh, series of podcasts. And uh, we, we've come up on a, a momentous occasion. We have reached our one-year anniversary of podcasting. Is it weird that artists sometimes refer to themselves as we? I guess it's like me and, and my team. Um, but uh, if I was being completely honest with you, I don't really have a team. <laughs> it's just me. It's just me and, and the folks that show up to the shows and, and the folks that share stuff on social media and comment and help, uh, help spread the word. And, um, you know, I, I guess, uh, you know, the, the shows that I do where there are like sound, you know, sound guys and, and venue managers and promoters and, you know, I guess the bartenders at, at the pubs, you know, it, it is kind of a village activity. It's not really just me if I think about it broadly enough, but, uh, you know, when I, sometimes I'll post on social media and say like, uh, uh, you know, Garrett, blah, 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 in the third person, which feels a little creepy. But, um, but also, you know, it it feels natural too to be like, you know, we've reached a a year milestone on the podcast because, you know, it's a village. Um, so I'm not going to dwell on that too much, but, uh, but yeah, so I honestly, I feel like it's taken a year to even get remotely comfortable with podcasting. I, uh, I used to get a little jitters, butterflies in my tummy in my tum tum, got little butterflies flying around in there before hitting the record button. And I still get them a little bit, but not nearly as bad. And I've kind of gotten into a good, uh, a good system of mapping out enough that I, I know what I'm going to talk about, but leaving enough room for, for some, um, some freewheeling and, uh, riffing some, some speech, some riff speech, you know, riffing on the guitar and riffing with your voice. Um, it's kind of, this is a good parallel there with set listing. I've, I've recently got back into writing out my set lists. I took like two years off of writing out set lists at all. And I would just show up to gigs and just try to play what I remembered, um, or flip through my lyric book and play a bunch of covers out of the lyric book. And I, you know, there's certain benefits to doing that, but I think 
I'm really, really happy with getting back on the train of, um, took me a long time to get back on the train. Little fish reference there for my fish heads out there. We've dropped Grateful Dead references and fish references within the first, uh, what are we in here? Four minutes of this podcast. So, um, I think you can tell I'm a big jam band fan. But, uh, yeah, so it took me a little while to get back on the train of uh, set listing. So, you know, the night before the show or, or if I've got time before the show, I'll spend a good bit of time. And I think that's part of why I sort of drifted away from it was because it was such a time commitment. And I can really get, it, get up in my head about trying to write out a really fun set list. Um, you know, which songs are going to transition where, where should I put my originals versus my covers, et cetera, et cetera. So I can... I can get lost in rearranging songs in a set list. And then all of a sudden, two hours later, I'm like, what the, what am I doing? I got to just pick some songs, put them down on paper, show up at the gig and, and go. Um, and uh, same kind of deal. You know, you've, you've got kind of your outline. And what, what dawned on me was that if you start with an outline, you can always go off script from there. But if you have nothing, then you have nothing to latch on to. So recently, I've been feeling like the putting on the best show I can um, starts with a, a good strong set list, forces me to brush up on the cover tunes that I want to do and get excited about a couple songs or a couple transitions that I want to try out or places to, to drop in a jam, you know, to, you know, work in what my old band Luca used to call our Shumway sections. Um, Gordon's Shumway <laughs> is, uh, is the name of Alf. Um, remember that show with the little alien, the little puppet Muppet alien guy that like lived amongst us. Um, I think his name was Gordon Shumway and for whatever reason, that's what our band called our jams. It was like, all right, we'll play, we'll play rocket mission and then do a Shumway and then land in Cincinnati bow tie. Um, man, that was such a fun band. Oh God. Glory days. Glory days. Uh, Bruce Springsteen reference. Okay. Keep it, keep dropping them. All right. So I do have a few sort of housekeeping things to attend to. Um, yeah, so we're back from vacation and first and foremost, I would like to congratulate my little sister for getting engaged and Duncan, welcome to the family. I don't think listening to your brother-in-law's podcast about his musical journey is really how you spend your time, but I wanted to say it on here anyway. Uh, welcome to the family and congratulations, guys. Uh, I'm super excited for your future together. And uh, that'll be a great reason um, to get back east um, into the uh, you know Baltimore area for their wedding next fall. So I love having that to look forward to. Makes me feel a little bit less uh, lonely and disconnected with my family roots back east while I'm living out here in, in uh, the you know Phoenix, Arizona area. So uh, that was so cool and super duper props to my brother and my future brother-in-law. He had the ring since January and waited until July to propose because he wanted the whole family to be there and he wanted me to be there. And I just think that's such a great straight up move. Um, fellas, if you're out there, you know, you got to realize that when you're getting engaged, you, you know, you're marrying the family. You're not just marrying that one person. So the more you can do to, to keep in, uh, in, in good standing and, and, and show respect and, and, you know, be friends with and share love with the rest of the family, the better. Um, so 
if that's an indication of things to come, I, I am super excited for the, the kind of love that you guys will be able to, to grow together. Um, now I've got to text my sister and be like, you got to listen to my podcast. I said something really nice. Um, <laughs> that's how I'll get her to listen. Um, no, but, but seriously, that was a super duper highlight of the beach vacation, which would have been incredible even without that. So that was just, you know, icing on the cake to the nth degree. So that was, that was super duper awesome. And I wanted to shout that out. Um, I've got a couple upcoming shows. If you're in the Phoenix area, Wednesday, August 30th at Wild Vines up in Anthem, a fun little wine bar and Sunday, September 10th at Janie's. Uh, that's up in Cave Creek and a really, really cool music venue spot. Uh, they've, they they call themselves a coffee shop bodega and they serve, uh, you know, wine and beer and stuff. Really good beer selection. That guy, he loves the, the owner. I've, I've become friendly with him. He loves music and beer. So that's like what he drives at his, uh, at, at, at the shop at, at Janie's and it comes together nicely for sure. Also, I've got my set from the listening room back on June 22nd, the video is posted on my YouTube channel, and the set turned out pretty well. If, you, if you're a fan of the podcast, you may have heard me talk about my terrible sore throat leading up to that gig, and uh, actually a, a gig the night before at Wild Vines too. And I got through it. it, it you know, my, my throat healed up enough um, before the gig, and I had my lozenges and my throat coat tea, and you know, put on a pretty good uh, little half hour set. Um, I played Diving In, Drop These Blues, Rain in the Desert, threw in Call Me Al by Paul Simon to, uh, you know, throw a little cover in there, something folks can kind of sing along to in, in case all the other tunes are unfamiliar to them. Um, and then I played Get You, which was a really fun version. I looped a little, like little hi-hat drum, you know, beatbox kind of thing to play that song to and that's been really fun to do in my live shows lately is uh, try to get a little bit more percussive with the looper so that's that's coming along um kind of a, a work in progress but there's a good example of it there on get you and then i played a, a fairly new song called all along which uh, was really fun to play and then wrapped up with a song that i've been playing at almost every show lately called wild love and i just think it sounds nice and full and it's very genuinely me um, you know, I kind of wrote it, uh, you know, without really thinking too much about what it's supposed to sound like, you know, it just kind of poured out of me and I really like how it, how it goes and it's a nice full sounding song. Um, so check that out. Wild love. I really like that one. So, uh, let me know if you, if you dig the video, uh, one other, uh, Housekeeping note, um, if you hear this but you do not receive my emails, I would encourage and request that you go sign up for my email list. I have a link in the upper right-hand corner of my website, garrettandersonmusic.com, where you can sign up. I have determined that Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc., while fun and, uh, and, and you know, kind of convenient in their own way, th- they're not as reliable to reach everybody at once. So if I've got a I'm going to try to get uh, at least an opening slot, maybe a headlining slot at that listening room venue again. And, um, you know, I, I really love to let people know when I'm going to be at a show that, that I really need to promote. So if you could sign up for the email list, that's the best way to, to keep up on all the content and, uh, and upcoming shows and things like that. So um, a lot of fun things going on. 
my, I will myself be supporting the local arts tonight. Um, my wife has a, uh, I think she's a colleague or maybe a friend of a colleague, but, uh, she's in a band called the Edison's and they've got a show tonight for their, uh, kind of EP CD release party called Summer Camp. Um, the the album is called Summer Camp. The band is called The Edisons. So I wanted to give them a quick shout out. They'll be playing a show tonight at Last Exit Live in Phoenix with uh, bands called Broken Girls from Affluent Backgrounds. Pretty, uh, pretty interesting, intriguing name there. Uh, the next band on the bill is called Soft Deadlines. I like the play on words there. Uh, the next band is Sun System, and I met their drummer at my So Far Sounds gig a few months ago. Couldn't have been nicer, dude. We were chatting about the music scene and, and blah, 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 blah. So it'll be fun to finally catch his band. And then the Edisons play, and then the show wraps up with uh, a group called Celebration Guns. So it'll be fun for me and my wife. Uh, we're getting a babysitter. We're going to go out and just uh, enjoy a little bit of you know local indie rock music. And I'm really, really jazzed to just go be a fan tonight. Um, not to say that I won't do a little networking, and I'll definitely be looking around at Last Exit Live as a, a potential venue to, to try to break into. So it'll be productive on the music journey anyway, too. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it'll be good for, for me to feel like I'm giving back into the arts community as well. Um, and not just always being the performer. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it for the, um, the clerical updates. Um, I have a couple stories and then a couple gig recaps, and then, uh, I'll probably drop in some, uh, a tune from, uh, from a past show as outro music. That was kind of fun to do. Um, oh, the, one other thing. The, the last podcast I did was, or, or maybe two ago, was with Ben Anderson, another Phoenix local musician. And I really loved interviewing and having a conversation with another musician, another songwriter. I think we had a really fun conversation. It might have been a little bit, uh, you know, it may be inaccessible to folks that don't write music or, or aren't in the music world or, or even the creative world. But I think uh, there's probably threads in there that, that everybody could enjoy and maybe learn something from. And then he performed two really nice versions of, of his songs on acoustic for the podcast, which was really neat to record him. And I think we got a pretty decent sound out. And then he was uh, gracious enough to to uh, kind of donate one of his studio tracks for intro and outro music. So I love the way that podcast came together. It was really fun. I felt like I had achieved something that I was wanting to achieve. So, uh, so yeah, man, like incremental progress. I'm just, I'm feeling good. Uh, I, I think you can hear it in my voice that I'm kind of riding that high. Um, although my voice is a, is a little rundown from uh, recent gigs, but uh, um, I hope to do a little bit of recording later today. So hopefully with some, a cup of tea and some good vocal warm-ups. I'll, I'll kind of get back into that nice rich sound for, uh, for some recording. So, uh, so a quick story and, uh, the, the moral, there is a moral to this story. Um, so bear with me. I'm not saying it just for a woe is me thing, but you know, we moved recently and when we moved, we had to turn off our, uh, our direct TV and, um, then at the new place we needed our landlord permission to install the satellite dish outside and they had to go through the architectural committee of the HOA and blah 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 and it was this whole paperwork shuffle when 
you know, the reality of it is, is like, come on, satellite dishes are pretty common now. Like people put them up. I understand you need to give your, you know, the, the owner of the home some, you know, an opportunity to make sure that everything's going to be done right and, and up to code with the neighborhood and everything. But it was just some of that, some of those grown up hoops that I was just like, come on people. But I guess they do help, I don't know, keep the property values up or something, which it doesn't affect me very much, but it, it does, you know, make it for a nice place to live. But I didn't think this was the issue to really like, you know, slave over to make sure that the neighborhood isn't going to shit. So I was like, oh, God, it's just dragging out and dragging out. And so first of all, I, I miss TV because like, you know, weeks are going by and I'm like, I, I don't I don't love TV. I don't watch it too, too much. But, you know, I like it as much as the next guy. I mean, it's pretty cool. You get to just sit back and watch on a screen of like all sorts of other reality happening. You know, if you think about watching a nature show, it's like you just turn on the TV and turn to the nature channel and all of a sudden you're in, you know, in the jungle. Granted, it's a 2D, um, you know, sort of uh, set up unrealistic version of the jungle, um, but it's still the jungle. Like, it's pretty wild. Imagine before TV, if you showed someone that, they'd be like, holy shit, what is this? So, I mean, but I, I don't want to spend too much time on TV um, cause I've got other interests and things, but it's fun to zone out too. And, and then I like it for sports and that's why I do, I do the direct TV thing so I can watch the Ravens while I'm out here, go Ravens. Um, so, uh, anyway, and I know that's, that's a little bit antiquated too. I think you, there's other ways to watch the NFL now. I, I was kind of caught in that trap of like, well, the only way to watch is, is if you got direct TV. So we got to do that. And now I'm in my two year contract and that's a whole nother story. But so I go weeks without having the direct TV and I get my bill, you know, a month and a half later and I'm like, oh shit. Okay. So we got charged for that whole month, but we, we almost went an entire month. It was like June 28th to July 23rd without you know without the service because we had turned it off at our old place and we didn't have a dish at our new place so i was like ah this should be a pretty straightforward call i'll just call customer service and say hey guys you know you'll see in your records that you know we had to postpone the technician to get the landlord approval and that was all out of my hands so i don't think i should be charged for these weeks and i call them up i'm all kind of chipper and cheery i I figure i'm going to get at least some sort of prorated amount back from the bill that I had to pay. Well, lo and behold, you know, if, if that was the case, this wouldn't be a very interesting story. So I think you can imagine that they were like, oh, no, um, actually, sorry, there's nothing we can do. And I was pretty peeved. And I, I try to be as nice and calm and cool and collected on the phone with customer service people as possible. Because I think it's pretty rude to like out of the gate be rude to someone. You know, I was like, hey, you know, here, here's the situation. And I was hoping maybe we could get some uh, reimbursement for, the, you know, the money that we spent that we, you know, we didn't actually have the service to take advantage of at that time. And their rebuke was, well, you know, Mr. Anderson, because they've always got to be friendly. They're like, Mr. Anderson, uh, so you did have your service. You could have watched it on your computer or your mobile device. And I was like, okay, well, that's not really how I consume the service. So, you know, I I watch it on my TVs with the cable boxes in my house. So I didn't really take advantage of that. And they said, okay, well, that's not really our fault. (laughs) I was like, or, you know, in, in whatever way they said it. And I was pissed. 
I was like, okay, so now you're telling me that I have to pay a bunch of money for something that I didn't use at all. And they were like, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. And then I go, okay, well, all right. So when I was on hold, I was on the website looking around and this was my plan B. I said, if, if they give me any pushback, here's my plan B. My plan B was they have an option to, to suspend your service. So for instance, I don't know if you're going to go camping for two months, you can say, Hey guys, I'm going to be out of the house for two months. Can you suspend my service for the next two months and we'll pick it back up. So I was like, all right, this must be an option. They must be able to go into their systems and retroactively suspend my account. So I pitched that idea. I was like, so I see that there's this option for suspending your account. Is that something that I should have done or, or can we do that retroactively? And they're the, the, customer service specialist was like, because this was like the second person I talked to. The first person was like, okay, well, I'll have to transfer you to our specialist. And she was, she was like, you know, a direct TV ninja. Um, and she's like, well, you know, we, we can't retroactively suspend an account. And I, and then I, I start, I start getting, getting a little fired up. I was like, well, okay. So I followed the procedure for moving and you, the procedure that I was coached through for moving ended up in me not having the service for almost four weeks. Um, how is that? How is that okay? And she was like, well, again, you could have watched it on your mobile device and computer. I was like, okay, well, that's not how I do it. So I, I'm, I'm asking why wasn't I coached to suspend my account? And she goes, oh, well, you can only suspend an account for a minimum of a month. And I was like, motherfucker, because we came in right underneath a month. So if I was over a month, I probably put, would have pushed it harder. But at that point, I was like, God, you know, okay. So like, I felt like they kind of got me there. But you know, my point was, I, they make it very clear. It's like, are you moving? Click this button and follow this procedure. And you just follow that procedure. And I was, I was pissed. You know, I hate money going down the drain. I already feel like they're raping us. Um, and, and that, you know, I'm a little bit... I'm a, I don't mind spending a lot on monthly expenses to have everything that I want. And I, I beat myself up on that a little bit because I could be, I could be saving more money if I didn't, if I didn't, you know, have everything that I wanted, but I don't know. That's kind of a, a different discussion. So, but it, but it fueled some of my outrage for feeling like I should have been reimbursed and I wasn't. And I, I, I think I could have pushed and I could have said, like, I need to talk to a manager, blah, 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 blah. But at that point, I was feeling pretty defeated and, and just sort of like, OK, so and I wrapped it up kind of in a sarcastic tone. I was like, OK, well, I guess my takeaway here is to make sure I suspend my service before I move next time so that I won't be paying for something that I'm not using. OK, well, thanks so much for your help. OK. And, and then she, she, she wrapped it up with, uh, well, we're here to help. Bye-bye. And I was like, you didn't help at all. God damn it. So I was pissed about uh, just pissing away money. Um, so the, the moral, I, I said there was a moral of the story here. The moral of the story is twofold. And this is what I learned. Um, either get your landlord approval ahead of time and make sure you've got it. Um, like as soon as you know that you're going to be moving and, and wanting to transfer your service, start asking about landlord approval if you're renting. Um, or, 
or you could just not tell anybody and just tell the technician that you have the approval. There's a form, but I don't think they really ask for it. Um, but don't do that. That's not the right way to go about life. You don't, you don't skirt, you know, you don't cut corners because it eventually catches up with you. It's easier to be ahead of the game, proactive, above the board, get your ducks in a row, get your signatures where you need them, and then proceed. But uh, so, is, you know, point number one, get landlord approval ahead of time. Or point number two, if you think it's going to take a while, suspend your service for the month. Just live without the tea. Even, even if you could have gotten it hooked up earlier than the month, so be it. But I would rather go without TV for, you know, 26 extra days than pay for four days of TV. Well, actually, I don't know if that's the right ratio. How, how many days would I... I would, Let's say, uh, let's say 15 and 15, like definitely I would go 15 days without TV to avoid paying for 15 days of TV that I wasn't using. Now let's scale that back. How about, how about 14 and 16? Yeah. Okay. So I've, how about, uh, 10 and 20. So if I still have, I could have had TV for 20 days, um, would I be willing to piss away 10, do- 10 days worth of TV that I didn't get to use? Um, that's where it starts becoming a question for me. Nine days, I'd say, yeah, I'll just, I'll eat the nine days so I can enjoy the 21 other days. Assuming it's a month with 30 days, which I don't, I don't know which months those are. Some people are really good at knowing which months have how many days. I know February has 28 or 29 because that's the weird one. And then all the rest, I have no idea. I have to look at the calendar. Isn't there some weird trick with your knuckles where you can go like January, February, you like put your hands together, you know, and, and your knuckles line up and there's like two months. Uh, so if you're on a knuckle, that's a 31. So January is 31. February is, is weird. And then March is 31. April doesn't. May does. June doesn't. July and August both do. I don't know. Am I spouting bad advice here? Right, should I pull up a calendar right now? Let me pull up a calendar. I'm going to, I'm going to test this out. This is a fun little trick. If you didn't know it, we'll, uh, we'll try to verify it. And then now you know it. This is not what I expected to be talking about today. Um, but that's why we did the, uh, administrative notes at the beginning. So we got all the important shit out of the way and now I can just, uh, ramble and, uh, okay. So let's see here. August does have 31. Okay. Let's go, uh, Let's go do, 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 do. let's go year. Is that going to show me? Yes. Okay, perfect. January has 31. That's your little pinky knuckle. So put your left hand out and your right hand out. I can't do it right now because I got a microphone. Okay, so if it's on a knuckle, it's 31. Okay, so January 31. February is weird. March has 31. April doesn't. May does. June doesn't. June has 30. July has 31. August has 31. That's where your two uh, forefinger knuckles are next to each other. So those are the two months with 31 days next to each other. September has 30. So we're back in a valley in between our four, our four knuckle, four, four finger knuckle and our middle knuckle on the right hand for September. October has 31. I knew that one because of Halloween. Halloween rocks. Halloween's coming up. I'm definitely going to have a party. November 30th is the end. And then our ring finger on December. That trick is true. Holy shit. Okay, so now I've got a way to remember. 
And it's weird that I knew that trick, but I never used it. So now I, I, should I say I know it? I still don't know it. If someone goes, Hey, well, you know, may I'll go, I don't know. I got to pull my fingers out and start counting from January. I don't know. Look, so may is uh 31. Okay. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Like off the top of my head. Is that knowledge? If you have to reference something, is that, is that really knowing something? I know how to tell you the right answer. I can find the right answer for myself if I need to, but I always have to start at January. That's weird. I'm not very good at alphabetizing things either. Alphabetation. I'm terrible at alphabetation, but I'm really good at spaking. (laughs) Speaking and language. I'm very good at language. Language. All right, that was fun. Um, what the fuck was I talking about before I started talking about months? I have no idea. Hold on, let me think back. Oh yeah, so the direct TV thing. Uh, how many days would I go without? Yeah, so I think I would. I would pay nine days um, that I wasn't using to watch twenty-one days of service. But hopefully nobody has to get into that situation now that I've shared my wisdom. All right. The other thing, this is also a kind of a money thing. I uh, I did something really stupid. I have to admit this. The day of vacation, I had to drive my dog to my buddy's place to watch my dog, Jack the Dog, who is uh, one of the, he's referenced in my song Morning Singing. Um, and uh, Jack's getting a little old. I noticed his face is a little whiter these days. He's laying around a lot more. But I also think he's just really comfortable in this new house with the doggy door. He's gotten much better at the doggy door. So I think he's just, I think he thinks he's in retirement now. He'll go out there and make sure no lizards are hanging out. And if he needs to, he'll go chase them under the bushes. And then he'll come in and lay down. He's getting older. Um, He's still got a lot of spirit left in him though. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get too sad about that right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I had to drive Jack to my buddy's place to drop him off. And I get in the car. I'm all amped up. It's the day of travel. We have a, sh- a shuttle coming to pick us up at 930 to go to the airport. And it's like 8 o'clock. So I've, I've got to start making some moves. i got to finish up packing, you know, take my shower and stuff. So I'm kind of in a hurry. I've been up since 630 that morning getting ready. I had a couple cup uh couple cups of coffee and I, uh, I, I, I hop into the garage, get into our, you know, one of our cars and our other car is parked in the driveway at this new house, which was a different situation at our old place. We had both cars in the driveway, this, um, or both cars in the garage, rather this garage is a little narrower. So we only fit one car in and I accidentally backed out into my other car at an angle. So the car that was in the driveway, the right passenger side mirror ripped off. And in so doing, um, managed to rip off the gas cap flap of the car I was driving on the left side. So imagine this, I'm in a car in the, in the garage, I back out. And this really dumb thing was I knew the car was there and I was trying to drive around it, but I was rushing. So I hit my own, like I hit the mirror of the car. You know, I didn't hit the front of the car. The mirror sticks out and it, it wasn't one of those ones that folds back. If the mirror folded back, 
it probably wouldn't have even been an issue. I might not have even noticed I did it other than maybe like a little scratching. But the mirror was like sturdy and it just scream. I, I hear that. And I was like, oh, shit. So I, I put it in forward and drive forward. And uh, so the mirror flies off and the glass breaks into a bunch of pieces. And then the gas cap flap on the, the left-hand side of the car I was driving ripped off. And there's like a little bit of a dent in the back left, like kind of butt of that car. And I was like, oh, fuck. So, so immediately my mind goes to, well, nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt. It's okay. It's just stuff. It's just going to be money. Don't worry about it. This can get fixed. Both cars still drive. It's not, not that big of a No one got hurt. It's okay. My mind immediately went there because I was so pissed at myself for doing that. So I was like, ah, I had to clean up the mess real quick. My dog is in the car, like looking at me like, What's, what the fuck was that, man? <laughs> you know, that was unusual. So um, I clean up the mess. I drive my car over to my buddies. And the first thing he says, he's, he meets me in the driveway to, to grab the dog. And he's like, oh, man, did somebody run into you? And I was like, yes, yeah, some asshole ran into me. <laughs> and I was like, should that, can you file an insurance claim for this? I, I ran into my own car. Is that, who, who's responsible? Well, I am. I don't know. I did, I did not involve the insurance companies as of yet. Or company. It's one guy. Both cars are insured by the same company. It's an awkward situation. So, uh the reason I wanted to bring this up was because I'm, I'm proud that the mirror that ripped off, I was able to repair by myself. It was on, you know, a white Camry from 2003 and I uh, didn't do any other damage. It ripped off pretty clean. I was able to go online, um, find the right mirror that fit even with the electronics, right? Cause it's got that little electronic component where you can, from the driver's side, you know, go, all right, select passenger side mirror and go up and down and left and right right so I knew there was an electronic component and I also needed to color match because they they mail you it is as black and so they mail the mirror as black and then uh, I had to buy the spray paint that was the color match for that car and I was able to figure it out and it's not it's not amazing I didn't do an amazing job but I did a good enough job it's fine it, like works well now um, it was a little dicey for a few days there driving without the mirror. Um, I much prefer having the mirror there. I missed it when it wasn't there, you know, for safety, check your blind spots, check your mirrors, man. Um, there's a lyric in one of my songs called caveat about, uh, one of the, the characters in the song is a woman who doesn't take the time to check her mirrors. And uh, I say she was, um, she was busy applying eyeliner, um, and in the song, she gets in an accident with a with a businessman who's driving home searching for his favorite song on the radio. It's kind of a morbid song about a car crash, but it, it but to like a kind of a funky, fun like New Orleans kind of like bop. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird song. Um, but uh, but yeah, make sure you take the time to to make sure your mirrors. I'm very preachy on this podcast. I apologize. Suspend your DirecTV accounts and make sure your mirrors are aligned such that you can see your blind spots when you're driving. 
Um, so I was able to fix that one. The, uh, the gas cap flap is still off on the other one. I I've been putting that off. I kind of celebrated the other one so much. I was like, yeah, I got it back working. And it was like, I'm done. But no, I'm not really done. I, I, uh, I need to fix the other one too. So, uh, and then the cool thing about it was having like a mechanical job to do around the house and with moving, you know, I was hanging pictures on the walls and like, you know, making these small little repairs around the house. Um, I felt really good about working with my hands a little bit. And I felt that working with my hands helped me do my actual day job better and helped me work on music better. Cause it was just like activating different regions of the brain and dealing with like spatial relations and connections and, you know, colors and things that I don't always challenge myself with, um, because it's just not part of, of, of my day to day. Um, and it felt good. I was proud of myself for working with my hands a little bit and making a, oh, so here's the kicker is that altogether the materials and, um, so I bought the mirror and the paint was maybe 50 bucks and the, uh, the shop, the, the dealer, when I called and got an estimate, they were like, well, the part is like, like 300 and labor would be like another 100 and we will have to do the painting too. So they were, they were quoting me something like over $300 and I was able to do it for 50. So I felt like in the scheme of things, I kind of like, I made up for a little bit of that Netflix snap or not Netflix, but direct TV snafu. Um, so, you know, money comes and goes, you got to learn things and and uh, just try to keep keep on the right side of it. Keep your books in order. Um, okay, a couple quick gig 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 recaps, and then I'll get out of here. Um, I got to play a gig for the Anthem Chamber of Commerce. That was really cool. I was propositioned by a woman via Facebook Message. Man, I can't talk right now. Fake Facebook Message messenger and she said hey i saw you at wild vines i think you'd be a perfect fit for our chamber of commerce get together said sweet um so that was a nice one they had a little entertainment budget so i made a couple bucks doing that you know nobody was really paying attention to me but it was fine you know they were there to network and i'm i'm at a place where if i want to make a couple bucks it is not you know it is not my problem if people don't want to listen and there was a couple friendly folks that were walking past and bobbing their heads and kind of, you know, grooving with their shoulders and stuff while they were networking. And this little old, like, she looked kind of like Hispanic lady. She was cool. She was, she was like grooving out to every groove that I was doing. It's like, yeah, that lady, that lady rocks. Uh, I wasn't really expecting her to be like the, the, the most rocking lady there, but she was rocking. Um, and uh, so that was a good gig. Um, the one thing that was kind of a, a botch was when I set up, I had two speakers set up. Um, and the way my system works is I run a cable out of my mixer into one speaker and then a cable from one speaker to speaker number two. And I had gotten everything all laid out and I forgot to plug in one of the speaker connections. So I was only coming out of one speaker. And that dawned on me like three songs into my two-hour set. And I was like, oh, man, I forgot to plug in that speaker. I was like, right, this will be awkward if I, if I have to like put the guitar down and go over there and do that. 
So I had this moment of of a light bulb to be like grew from Despicable Me. Light bulb. I saw Despicable Me 3 with uh, the kids and family and was laughing hysterically. I thought it was so funny. Um, so I had a light bulb moment and I got a loop going on one of my songs. I think actually day to day. And... I played some lead guitar over it so that it was nice and full. There's this lush, full sound coming out of the speakers. And then I put my guitar down, walked over and plugged in the other speaker, walked back, picked up my guitar and just kept on with the show. So I was like, yeah, that was pretty slick. That was a good use of the looping pedal. Um, had to give myself a pat on the back for that one. And then I had a, a gig at Janie's, which was cool. It was a daytime gig. It was super hot up there. I wasn't sure if they were going to have me outside or inside. They had me inside, which was nice because it was kind of a slow day anyway. So, you know, the folks that were there just kind of consolidated inside and enjoyed. And this was one of those times where I got my set list all worked out. And I was playing a bunch of songs, you know, kind of in the order that I laid them out, you know, give or take. And I was having a good time. It was a really quiet crowd for, you know, really small crowd for the start of the gig. And then around the time I was going to take my break, a bunch of people came in. I was like, ah, I don't want to take a break now. Like all these people just got here. I want to be giving them some music and getting them to, to stick around. If I take a break now, they might just grab a coffee and leave. So I was like, all right, well, I'm not taking my break yet. And I was like, I'll take a break in like, I don't know, another half hour or so. By the time I realized to look down at my watch or my phone, I don't actually wear a watch, um, for the time, I've only got like a half hour left in the gig. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to play the whole thing. And I played three hours straight, which is insane. Like no one should do that. That's way too long. Um, it's exhausting, but it, it was so fun. And I think it, it got me to this place where I was like, I was you know sober as a nail. Is that the expression? Sober as a nail? That's a, I don't, I don't understand that expression. Uh, but I was like transcending. Like I was getting into these zones where I was getting a nice, a nice little rhythm guitar loop going and I was playing some lead guitar and I was having a blast. I felt like there were no rules. I was just rolling in like you know, letting the music wash over me and I was just a conduit for music. It was one of those like peak transcendent kind of experiences with music that really you know they're really exciting when you can get there that does not happen all the time and I kind of had this epiphany with myself that as a performer when I go out there it's really my own perceptions and my own filters and my own intentions and my own energy and focus that's going to dictate if I'm going to have a joyful time or not um, as a younger performer, I think I was allowing a lot of externalities to drive my enjoyment of the gig. And that may not be the most healthy attitude to have. So I had this really nice, and again, it's something that I knew, but I was kind of reminding myself in the moment that I was like, man, when you come ready to play, there's nothing stopping you from loving this experience so much and really doing a good job and, and making it worthwhile. And it felt really good. I felt, felt really cool. Um, 
and uh yeah Janie's just such a fun place to play so it was a really cool time um and then just two nights ago I had a Wild Vines gig a little Wednesday night gig and that went that went really well too I was just kind of on this on this wave of um well well one of the things that really helped was I got to go see fish at the end of my beach vacation I ended up going from North Carolina up to New York and caught one of Fish's Baker's Dozen shows, which is an insane accomplishment. They played 13 nights at Madison Square Garden without repeating a song. And I got to be there for, for one of the nights. It was so fun. I love seeing that band, and they were playing great. And um, and then, you know, got home, a couple weeks go by or whatever, and then my buddy is like, hey, you want to go to Metallica tomorrow? I was like, awesome. So I got to see Fish and Metallica within like two or three weeks, and then go play this gig, and I was inspired to learn, um, what is it, uh, Nothing Else Matters by Metallica, I was like, I could play that, you know, when I first heard it back on the radio, in the day, back in the day, y'all, like, I, I wasn't that good enough guitar player to play that song, I could have played the chords, but not that cool intro finger picking bit, boom, boom, do, 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 boom, do, 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 like that bit so I, I taught myself that the night before the gig printed out the lyrics and showed up to the gig and I was like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna try this I tried uh, counting crows round here I printed out the lyrics for that and I I tried before you accuse me by Clapton and had a great time playing that so it's like I reminded myself that a little preparation goes a long way to enjoying the gigs and putting on the best show I can. So I just wanted to kind of take a moment to reflect on that and, and admit uh, that it's almost, it's like the power of being a little bit humble. You know, I think maybe I, I was getting ahead of myself with showing up to these shows without any set lists. And I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll you know, the magic will happen. It's like, yeah, sometimes, but there's also maybe a lot of downtime while you're trying to figure out what to play next. And it kind of brings the energy of the room down. And maybe that's something that you would want to avoid. Oh, the other song I worked into my sets recently is Roses Are Free by Ween. Because it just puts a smile on my face. I was like, I also want to go out there. And I kind of have like a, a two or three for you, one for me policy with my shows. It's like, I'll play two or three songs that I think everyone's going to enjoy. Um... And then I'm going to make sure that I play one that I know I'm going to enjoy. So it's a, it's a fun little policy. But all right, so that's plenty to catch up on. Uh, this was really fun. I'm getting back into the podcasting mode. Hope to have some guests lined up for upcoming ones. And um, also real quick, I, I was reflecting on, you know, since it is the year anniversary of the podcast, I was like, how's this going? Am I figuring this out? Is this worthwhile? Should I keep doing it? Should I tweak the format? You know, what should I do here? And I realized uh, that part of what I, I enjoy is sharing these life lessons and, and sharing the, the reflections that I have as the journey unfolds. Um, but also, I do want to encourage everyone to listen to other also great podcasts. And I have a few that I'd like to recommend. Um, Radio Lab is awesome. Um, I've been listening a lot to waking up with Sam Harris and, 
those are kind of my go-to for like intellectual stimulating let's look at the world in a new way by learning something new and doing a real deep dive on a topic and uh, some of them have been profound um, in in terms of my takeaway and then for fun I really love listening to uh, or this is kind of bridging between intellectual and fun is the Joe Rogan experience Um, he has really great guests on you know I think his his get a little bit long so maybe pick or choose which guests you're excited about and then you know try a couple that you've never heard of before and uh, they might be really really engaging and interesting but there's something about this medium of podcasting that I think is really empowering Um, you can do it while you're doing other things so it's like multitaskable you know the idea of getting words from another human into your ears is it's conversational in a way especially for the ones where there's another guest. I mean, that's actually a conversation. It's like you're the third person in the room that just happened to not get to interject at all. Um, But it resonates for me. And if if you've hung on to this podcast as long as you have, maybe it resonates for you too. Um, So yeah, Radiolab, um, Waking Up with Sam Harris, The Joe Rogan Experience, and then for fun and kind of uh, a cheeky, fun take on current events, I love listening to Bill Burr, uh, his Monday morning podcast. And then for um, arts and entertainment and interviews, I, I've, I like to listen to Mark Maron. I haven't listened to him much lately, but his his called WTF with Mark Maron. And the WTF stands for what the fuck. So just be forewarned that some of these podcasts have very blue language. Very blue. <laughs> um so, uh, so I, th- and the reason I wanted to share that was that if, if I come off as kind of life coachy at moments, it's because I've been absorbing really powerful messages from these other podcasts or, you know, these, you know, you know, books that I'm reading or whatever. And, and I don't think that trickle down inspiration is necessarily the way to go. It's good for what it is, but you might as well go straight to the source, um, you know, I'm a year into podcasting for myself, and I I still feel like I'm emulating my podcasting heroes. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's kind of what I do with music, too. I'm emulating my music heroes uh, while finding my own voice. And then the, the trick is, if, if you can find your own little genuine voice of it, then all of a sudden, uh, you, you are the content creator. So... What I wanted to say there was, don't just listen to me, because <laughs> I'm not qualified to help you out with your life. I'm just trying to be entertaining and a little bit helpful and clue you in on my journey. And then there's a big component of this that's selfish also, because it helps me stay organized and, and trying, to, trying to shoot for incremental progress on this music journey. Um, speaking of which, I need to uh, wrap up and shoot off a couple emails to try to coordinate my first ever trip to Los Angeles. Uh, I've got a couple uh, friends and connections that have come together in an uncanny way that uh, is is kind of, I feel like the universe telling me to pull the trigger on this trip and take a long weekend and get out there and try to meet some folks and just see the town. I've never been out there before. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, going to try to become famous overnight or anything, or I'm going to you know, go be a waiter in, in LA and play the clubs at night. But I do want to see what it's all about and, and feel myself in that space. And uh, 
make a make a couple connections. Um, still working on the music publishing piece. I've got a couple half baked songs that I need to finish up for my producer publisher friend contact and hope that he pushes them out into the world of music supervisors and maybe gets us to land something in film or television or commercials or overseas or whatever wherever there's a place for a song to be purchased for use uh, that's his job is to do is go find those opportunities um, not to say that my antenna aren't also up looking for those opportunities. So if you know of anything or can give me any advice in, in that realm, um, that's, that's fantastic. If you know somebody making an independent movie or a documentary and they need uh, a track, I'd love some homework. Throw me some homework. I've got lots of, um, got lots of new originals that I'm excited about, but I'm also trying to write as much as I can and, and, and produce as many tracks as I can. So uh, a lot going on, and it's time for me to get, uh, get back to work. This was fun. I hope you enjoyed uh, the, the, ki- the, the kickoff of year two. This is the kickoff of year two, and I'll try to pick some, uh, some fun music to, to outro to. All right, peace, everybody. Be well.
Thank you very much.